1: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Number 66. prohibited by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details
3: Welcome to a special emergency podcast of Amazing Avenue Audio, the official podcast of your SB Nation New York Mets site, Amazing Avenue. I am Brian Salvatore. Joining me this week for a euphoric panel about the signing of Joanna Cespedes, we have Chris McShane, Greg Karam, and Steve Schreiber. Gentlemen, how great does tonight feel?
0: Woo! <laughs> yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good.
2: I think we're all feeling pretty good, Brian. Yeah, I think so, too. Um,
3: For those that somehow have been off the internet for the last 12 or so hours, the Mets reportedly have signed uh, UNA Cespedes to a four-year, $110 million contract. Um, Do any of you guys have handy how that breaks down cash-wise?
4: I I saw it before. I want to say it was, uh, I think, 22 the first year and then 29 the back three.
3: I want to say 295 one of the years. Some okay. Yep. Yeah, there's like a slight increase in the last year. Okay. Something like that.
0: Uh. Yeah, that all that all sounds right. It it lines up kind of nicely with the way David Wright's contract is set up to decrease uh over the rest of the course of, of its uh few years, so you know, that that makes sense. Yeah.
3: I uh, I was thinking about this today. I was you know my, my wife is a casual Mets fan, right? But she's not diehard or anything. And I was trying to explain to her how this would have seemed impossible two years ago, like absolutely impossible. Um, do we think this is the end of the uh, penny pinching Mets, as far as we know it?
2: <laughs> no, hmm. that's, I don't think so. I do, I don't think so. I think that. Their recent success and putting some butts in the seats has raised the floor or the ceiling, I should say. Um, but I still don't think that they're going to blow it out and, you know, have a $175 million payroll or something like that. Um, right. I mean, like they, they, they still have their debts. They're still paying down whatever they have to pay down. So I don't see anything really changing that much. I think that right now they're just at a uh, you know a, a salary that is befitting a penny pinching you know supermarket you know this <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah,
0: yeah I I, I don't expect them to turn into the Dodgers
4: right right
0: uh, but I'm hoping at least this is the new norm you know the the, the average to above average major league payroll as opposed to whatever we don't.
2: Right. I can live with this. This is okay.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the, the spot where you think, all right, not every move that Sandy Alderson has made over his tenure has been successful, but he, there's reasons behind the things he does, you know, uh, his front office has, at least some logic behind the moves they make. So the mix of a payroll that's at least middling or, or above that and somebody who, it, there we go, somebody who at least has a clue. That's, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's a good place to be, especially with the talent that they have already under control.
4: Can I, can, yeah. I sing
0: the, uh, can I sing the Can I sing the song quickly? Sure, you
4: can. You got the power. You know the name Sespis. Okay.
0: <laughs> the, the
3: text yeah. alert wasn't enough. We needed a full <laughs> rendition. So thanks okay, to you. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, yeah, you know, I uh, I hope that I'm being optimistic here, but. The fact that they went after Cespedes with this deal, the fact that they were able to extend Neil Walker's qualifying offer, and when he took it, that didn't eliminate them from the Cespedes sweepstakes. Geez, say that three times fast. Um, it it feels pretty good. It feels like the team is committed to spending a little bit of money, and that makes all the difference. So um, let's let's talk about the outfield right now. So right now, the Mets have too many outfielders, which has been the case for. Uh, specifically too many corner outfielders, which has been the case for a while now. But, you know, the Mets currently are rostering Joanna Cespedes, Jay Bruce, Curtis Granderson, Michael Conforto, Juan Ligaris, and Brandon Nimmo. I believe that's all the uh, currently contracted outfielders on the Major League team. How do you guys see the outfield playing out over the next season? I think it's pretty clear that someone's going to get traded the talk is that it's going to be Jay Bruce, which I think everybody's more or less okay with. But how would you guys both like to see the outfield aligned, and how do you think it actually will be aligned? Because those are probably two very different things.
2: Well, if, if they're going to leave the roster untouched as it is right now, I think that you kind of have to... My personal preference would be to have Granderson and Lagarus kind of uh, platooning in center and have Conforto playing every day in right. And having – see, the thing is with Bruce, I'm okay keeping him if you're not going to get a major league usable piece in return or you're not going to spend that money somewhere else if you do trade him. Do you know what I mean? So the idea that they have too many corner outfielders, like the attrition of a season, you're going to need everybody. And guys are going to get hurt. So, like, I don't actually see that as a huge problem. But that said, I think they probably will end up trading him for something else.
3: I don't think you're wrong about that, Greg. I just think that getting guys playing time will be tough with that many outfielders.
2: I just disagree, but I actually don't think it's, like, a problem. Like, if, if Jay Bruce is sitting on your bench, fine, but you know, it's obviously it's not an ideal use of your resources, but I'm just saying, given where they are right now, um, I don't think it's the biggest problem in the world.
0: Yeah. I I like the idea that you at least need to hold out and make somebody give something up. And, you know, I think we might be at a point because he was so, so bad as a Met that we somehow undervalue Jay Bruce. Um, And that's not to say he's a great player, you know, over the last, three seasons, he really only had a great four months. And, you know, I, I hate to single out any specific stretch of time for a player uh, and and try to discount what he did over the course of a season. So Jay Bruce's 2016 season as a whole is still pretty good as a hitter. But, you know, I I, I think somehow because he had like a 500 OPS for a while –
4: he was terrific. He was terrific. <laughs> <laughs> <he> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I I think it's understandable, but I think Mets fans have a lower view of him than maybe the average baseball team right now.
4: Yeah, I I think um, the 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 part that makes it tough for me rostering him is, um, you know, with I I. You know, I'd much prefer to be spending that money on you know, on the bullpen, on a on a more suitable bench piece, you know, something like that. You know, you could turn Bruce's what is he making, thirteen million this year? Yeah. Yeah. You could you could probably turn that into Jerry Blevins and Kelly Johnson, you know, pretty easily and maybe even have money left over. Um, you know. I... Yeah that
2: that wouldn't that wouldn't bother me at all. I mean I just if if they do trade him I do want the, the money has to be redeployed somewhere else. I just don't want to trade him for a bag of balls if if you're not going to redeploy it you know uh, towards like a Blevins and a Kelly Johnson like you said.
3: Do you think that part of the Cespedes money ha- is earmarked as Jay Bruce's salary? Because that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs>
0: that Maybe
4: it seems very met,
3: yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah
2: they've done kind of stuff like that before too like in 2015 when you, you kind of like the amount of money that they were saving from like David Wright's insurance policy they re, they, they put it towards uh taking on Cespedes's salary and and like Kelly Johnson and then uh Juan Uribe. so right. yeah. there's pres- there's precedent for that kind of thinking
3: <laughs> yeah unfortunately um so what? What would if if you guys were, were Terry Collins and God help you if you were? Um, <laughs> what would be your right? <laughs> well played. Uh, what would be your <laughs> like? You know, uh, reg... I know Greg already said what his regular alignment would be, but Steve, what would your what would your regular outfield alignment be?
4: Joanna uh, Cespedes would be uh, cemented in left field. Not not literally cemented, but. <laughs> Uh, would be in center field. Uh, I'm sorry, left field all the time, never in center field. Um, I, I would have uh, Michael Conforto in right field. And uh, if if we're doing the, like, totally ideal, ideal, uh, it would, well, I'll save that for, for a little later. We, we go with uh, Granderson and, and Ligaris in center as kind of a platoon. Um, I, would, I would be curious to see... Um, uh, Granderson and Conforto split time between right and center uh you know where they're both playing every day or you know close to every day but you know maybe one day or a couple days Conforto plays center a couple days Granderson plays center just to kind of keep them healthy um one of my kind of questions about especially Granderson playing center field every day um is you know can he At 36 years old, you know he's a pretty in shape guy, but can he stay healthy and you know not be fatigued playing center field for a whole season at this point in his career? Um, And you know we saw how how much of a toll center field took on Cespedes uh, this past season, you know, with all the all the leg injuries, Um, and so you know you wouldn't I wouldn't want to see the same thing happen to Granderson. Um, so maybe kind of splitting them and then throwing in Legarrison and center for tough lefties is kind of a way to keep them
3: all on field. All right, Chris, what about you? What would your limit be?
0: Uh, so overall, I don't have a whole lot different to, to offer. I agree. keep that, left every day. Uh, conforto and right. And, you know, kind of, mix and match a little in center. I'm I'm a big Granderson guy, so I'm, you know, and I think the way he handled center field this year, granted it was not over the course of the entire season, but when he got out there, he looked better than I think most people thought he would at this point. I'm probably, I'm um, probably slightly more open to platooning conf- Conforto As a concept, you know, they don't have with Cespedes, they have one really legitimate right handed hitting outfielder. But, you know, if we're talking about generally speaking, Cespedes and left Conforto and right and, you know, Granderson and center with Ligaris playing against lefties, uh, you know, I might be a little more willing to give Conforto days off against tough lefties leave Granderson and right, put Ligaris in center. And that's not really, you know, it, I I don't want it to be 100% of the time, but I think that's sort of trying to optimize the final year you have with Granderson and, you know, acknowledge that you, you need to play all these guys uh, with the goal for 2018 being that Conforto won't be platooned at all. So, you know, in 2016, I think we saw Conforto really – barely ever face left-handed pitching. Um, I'm okay if they sort of ease him into it and and make it like a 50-50 thing uh, against left-handed starters this year and then transition to full, no restrictions uh, in 2018. I know that might not be the most popular opinion, uh, but if that's how they play it out, I, I won't complain about it.
3: That makes perfect sense to me. I, I think that if you have uh Cespedes and Granderson and Conforto as your starting three, but you you're using Lagaris two or three days a week, someplace, that makes me pretty happy. Um, you know, I, I like the idea of having him come off the bench as a uh, defensive replacement in a tough, you know, tight game down the stretch. But during the season you have to you have to be playing him more than just in the eighth and ninth inning now and then. So I think if he spells Granderson now and then, spells Cespedes maybe you know once every two weeks and maybe gives uh, Conforto like you said a tough lefty off now and then. I think that's a good use of his skill. Um, if you're the Mets, who are are you looking for a fifth outfielder on the market, or do you think that? And this is all presupposing they trade Bruce. Do you think Brandon Nimmo could be that uh, fifth outfielder for your team?
2: I think that he. I think that Nimmo could be a fifth outfielder. I mean, if you, if you. Run the if you run the platoons and the way that they should be, he he shouldn't be getting on the field that much, you know, barring injury. So I think he can hold it down, and I don't think he'll be a disaster. Plus, he can play all three outfield positions.
4: Mm-hmm. He he showed a little something as like as a pinch hitter as well down the stretch. Um, I mean, he put put some good at bats together, uh, which you know you like to see off the bench.
0: Yeah, I I'm fine with him filling that role if they decide to do nothing else in the outfield uh you know if they happen to pick up somebody who's a right-handed hitter who can play in the outfield then that changes things a little bit you know um we it it, as we record this it sounds like there won't be a lockout probably but there might be (laughs) but you know however long it takes the market to develop if there are some guys who kind of fall and i don't have a specific name you know off the top of my head, but if things shake out that, hey, here's this guy who will take a one-year, $2 million deal, basically if there's like a Kelly Johnson of outfielders, um, and they pick him up and Nimmo has to start the year in AAA, it's not necessarily a knock on him, but yeah. that that's fine. If they don't do it, I'm okay with the outfield as they have it currently constructed, so...
3: Yeah, I think a right-handed bat is preferable, but I think that Nemo has, um, like Steve said, he he showed some some talent for pinch hitting late in the year. As Greg said, he can cover all three outfield positions. You could do worse than having Brandon Nemo in your outfield, um, especially as the fifth outfield the next season. Um, so the downside of the question we just asked is, what is Terry actually going to do? With the outfielders, uh, oh
4: god, <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I'm gonna guess it's going to be a left to right. Cespedes Granderson. I, I I'm gonna guess Conforto most days, um, but I could see Conforto having a tough stretch, and Granderson moving over to right, and lagaris playing every day. Do you guys see uh, another path that Terry's likely to take, or is that about it? Well, if uh, Bruce is on the roster. It's a, it's a, he's going to be playing every day. That is true. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, And uh Conforto uh basically locked in a dungeon whenever a uh, left-handed pitcher shows up on on the mound at City Field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I uh if I can present a question here. Sure. The Mets didn't specify the player whose bobblehead will be given away on August 19th. But it's Cespedes, right? <laughs> it's got to be. I mean, it, it, so yeah, the, the, I there's uh so. in July, there's an Estrubal Cabrera one. Great. You know, the, I hope it comes with the, his helmet in his hands. And then. Yes.
4: <laughs> the, bl- the, uh, the blonde hair. Uh, oh, you it
0: got has to be. That'd be blonde. Right? Hair. <laughs> be blonde.
4: Yeah.
0: But in August, there is bobblehead giveaway with no particular player assigned to it. So it, I don't know. I mean, if you're marketing Cespedes, you probably want to draw it out over the course of four years. But I'd I'd go all in, you know, and just
2: make you got to strike him. while the irons hot.
0: Yeah. Oh
3: yeah. And there's no reason you can't do four Cespedes bobbleheads. Come on.
0: That's true. I did pledge on Twitter to buy four Cespedes authentic jerseys. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. In August, he did something good, and I nice. I said hey, I, I I told the Mets on Twitter if it helps. Nice. I promise I'll buy one for every year he's on the team. So well, if you're I'm looking to hold you to it, if Jeff you're Lopin. listening and you have Jeff any
4: coupon, thanks you.
0: Yeah. Yes.
3: <laughs> what I was going to say is, if you're looking for a home for one of those, I'm an XL. So ah,
0: nice. That's true. I didn't say I buy it for myself.
3: Exactly. There are three guys on the call that I'm sure would all enjoy an authentic Sesbanis <laughs> jersey. So,
0: but if anybody listening has any, you know, coupon codes or anything like that to help with the cause. You know, we have an email.
3: <laughs> it wouldn't be a Mets <laughs> transaction if there wasn't a coupon involved somehow. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. So, um, we're we're gonna wrap things up in a few minutes here, but we want to talk before we get out of here about sort of what each of us would like to see the team do. I mean, I think we're at the point now where all the moves that are gonna happen are probably pretty minor. So, who is your guy? Who's the person that you think would be the best addition to the team that isn't going to break the bank and that that you know <laughs> is a is a not just possible but very possible signing? Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. I'm sorry, we lost Chris. I guess. Um, oh, no no no
0: no! Okay. I'm here. I'm here. We okay. had a uh, uh, Skype. I, there yeah, I, were words that didn't come out. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I got, I, I got the same thing. I, I got the question. So, uh, you know, the bullpen obviously is a, <laughs> is an area we know they want to acquire players in. Um, I'd love to see them bring Blevins back, and not just because of Steve's MS Paint, but because you know he, he's he's been good. Uh, but I'll I'll go with somebody a, a friend of mine brought up earlier today, who I didn't actually realize was a free agent, but Koji Uehara is out there on the market. He's forty-one. Uh the Mets obviously are not they don't rule out players who are over 40. Uh, not ageist. You know, <laughs> so his his ERA was uh a little inflated this year, but not terrible. His strikeout rate was still fine. You know, this is a guy who's had a ton of success and that's if we're looking at guys who are probably affordable and not in the Kenley Jansen, Aroldis Chapman tier, um, that's one guy who kind of stands out to me that maybe you can get him on a one-year deal, even if it's you know five, six, seven million, whatever it is, um, you know that there's enough room to work with. That if he bombs, whatever, that's fine, and if he's great, that's somebody who can help you in the late innings of a game.
3: Greg, what about you? Um, I mean, I
2: I do agree that we could use a bullpen arm. Um, I think that if they do trade Bruce, I think that that's a route that they should pursue. Uh, if we're talking about free agents, I think a guy like Steve Pierce would be attractive. You took mine, um, you
3: bastard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: you know, first base, um, a little bit of outfield. You know, nice uh, platoon option there, and uh, just would be a, a good guy to have there for depth. Um, which I'm a I'm a big believer in over the attrition of a 162 game season. Are you going to take
3: my other person? Let's see.
4: <laughs> so uh, with uh, thinking about a, a, I'm thinking about a trade actually, and so uh, uh, thinking about Jay Bruce, um, looking around. Um, one team that, that I thought might be interested in a corner outfielder would be the Orioles, um, since they're probably going to be losing Mark Trumbo, who barely is an outfielder, but he hmm. was playing outfield for some reason. Um, but, dingers, uh, that's why. Yeah, dingers, of course. Because dingers. Uh, right, so Jay Bruce, you know, perfect. He fits that to a T. tee. Um, so... Uh, one guy I was looking at in their bullpen um, who I thought might be a good uh, guy to target is uh, Brad Brock, um, who has uh, been around for a few years, uh, came up with the Padres, uh, probably uh, while – I'm assuming while Alderson was there or maybe soon after. Um, but uh, if if the Mets, you know, target a reliever in a trade um, – that would be one guy that I think um, would be would be a positive pickup. I think he's got a couple more years of uh, control, uh, a lot of strikeouts, um, decent walk rate. Uh, so uh, that's that's the kind of reliever I'd like to kind of see them target—a guy who could, who they can, who's got good stuff, uh, big strikeout stuff, who they can control, and at least this year would probably pitch the seventh inning.
3: I'm surprised nobody here mentioned a catcher.
0: I'm not big on them acquiring a catcher, to be honest. Yeah, I'm I'm probably uh, more optimistic about a bounce back from Darno than the average Mets fan myself, so...
2: yeah, It
4: it slipped my mind.
0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've
3: been sitting here racking my brain trying to think of a catcher I'd want them to acquire, and there's really... Unless you're talking about the super high-tier guys, there aren't that many catchers out there. So... I'm going to buck the system here a little bit and say that if we're going to trade Bruce, the only way I would accept a player who's not going to be in the Major League roster this year, if it's a high-end catching prospect. And they're probably not getting that for Bruce anyway. But, nope. I don't know. Is, are there any catchers out there that, that that you guys will be happy if the Mets acquired?
0: Josh Toley.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Bring him back. <laughs> Um, uh I like uh Somebody uh, say Mike Nicky <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh uh
4: not not just because he has my first name but uh Steven Vogt Steven mm-hmm. Vogt yeah is kind of a you know not a not a sexy option but he's you know he's a little older but um he's like a league average kind of catcher um and can play you know kind of around uh, I think plays some first base plays some outfield um
3: as kind of a trade option.
0: Anybody else? Yeah. I mean, a a fully healthy Wilson Ramos, I think would have been appealing, Uh, but you know, given the circumstances, if he comes down to a one year deal kind of thing, I I'd be okay with that, but you're still going into it, assuming that he's not going to be able to play a full season, you know, it's kind of, it's an awkward situation to sign a guy like him. Isn't Uh, that kind
3: of what the Mets need? Yeah,
0: Yeah, uh, it it is, but
4: uh, you just, you don't really know what you're getting. I think because he, even, even performance wise, he this, this past year was such a, such an outlier from everything else he's done, you know, and then the injury on top of that, you know, it's, but i i still i think i'd i'd take that shot for a year especially
2: yeah i'm just not big on uh, acquiring a catcher i think that a lot of their value comes from the receiving i think that the mets have some good receivers back there i think they have some upside with their bat uh it's just it just isn't a high priority for me
3: interesting interesting yeah. I, I don't i don't necessarily disagree i just don't know to me if Darno goes down with an injury early, I don't know if I want Pluecki as the guy taking yeah, the bulk no. of the playing time.
2: That's fair. He can he can't really hit at all. Right. So, <laughs> yeah.
3: it, it's a legitimate concern. Right. right. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: Uh, so that's, that's why. Uh, what was that? Oh no! Can I can I pose one more question before we wrap up? Sure.
3: Sure. Of course.
0: Yeah. Uh, just bring it all back to Cespedes. Um everyone's favorite Cespedes home run in his time with the Mets. And Brian, we'll uh, we'll start with you on that one.
3: You're putting me on the spot here. Um,
0: I mean, the Amazing Avenue on brand is the bat flip one that's on the T-shirt I mean, that's what? on site. <laughs> but if we rule that one out, uh, <laughs> any, any any what I guess what's the first one that comes to mind for you?
3: I, I, I got oh go no. ahead no, go ahead Steve because I'm I'm still working I, through this.
0: Yeah, the
4: the first one that comes to mind for me is the one off of uh, Drew Storen in, in September uh, 2015 against the Nats. Um, that, if you remember the game, I think Strasburg shut the Mets down for like seven or eight innings, um, and it was one nothing game. Kelly Johnson tied it up, I think, um, in the eighth, and then Cespedes came up and hit like a monster two-run home run um, to to put the Mets ahead, that kind of like clinched the series, basically, um, clinched the division almost for the Mets
2: at, at that point.
0: Yeah, that 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 is a good one, uh, Greg.
2: Well, I mean, obviously, I was at that game of uh, in the DS when he hit that home run with the bat flip, and so like that's the only one I can really think of <laughs> off the top of my head. But wasn't there a game against the Nats where he? He was playing center, and he dove and he missed the ball, and it cleared the bases. Yep. And then yep. didn't he come up later in that game and hit a three-run home run, or was it like just a double? Like I, I can't actually remember.
4: I think that was a double. Yeah, I think it was if, too. If I'm um, yeah, but that but was yeah, that that's...
2: was that was one of my favorite moments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that
4: also... was I think that was the same series.
3: Yeah. yeah, it was
2: a series when they were sweeping. Well, they were right. always sweeping in Nats yeah. then, yeah. right? Right. Uh,
3: the... I think for me it was the one from early this season. Where he hit the upper deck, and just the uh, the uh, yeah, (laughs) just the like uh, the sheer wonder of. I think I was listening to it on the radio, and listening to how we just be like, oh my, you know, (laughs) you just hear that that great that great moment uh, when an announcer really has no idea what to say because he's (laughs) seeing something so unbearably awesome, and that was that home run. So that's I think that's my favorite one.
0: Yeah, my uh, my self answer for for my own question I think is similar to yours uh when he hit the home run sculpture in miami <laughs> okay, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. on
0: on the laser beam where you know there there are a few moments uh each month i think that he does something that makes you uh you know get off the couch or yell at your t v or whatever you know just just that that exhilarating like oh holy shit like he just <laughs> he just did that. <laughs> So that that to me was one that, you know, in in the day-to-day experience of the regular season of baseball, uh I love it thoroughly from start to finish, but there's you know, it's not every night that you get a moment like that. So that one stood out. So
4: Yeah, he's he's got that that star quality, you know, which I think Aside from just the numbers and, you know, everything, which obviously are are great the past two years, um, he just, he has, has a sort of that, that it factor that, you know, makes it fun to watch.
2: He's got swagger.
3: I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He's got the power. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) He certainly does. Uh, well, th- uh, thanks, gentlemen, for joining me tonight for this conversation. This was uh, this was fun. It- it- it's nice to be so optimistic on November twenty ninth. Woo! Yeah. Yes. And uh, we'll be back. We'll be back later this week with a full podcast. But until then, you can uh, go to AmazingAvenue.com. dot uh, com. Chris, can they still vote on the AOP, or is that going to be gone by the time this posts?
0: Uh, no, no. Uh, the voting on that's open until five pm on Friday.
3: Oh, yeah. So, if any
0: if anybody of the finalists didn't include Cespedes, I'm pretty sure they all did. But if they didn't, don't vote for them. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Careful, uh, Chris. Chris is rigging your votes. Exactly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> One of them would have won in uh, a, a landslide if there weren't thousands <laughs> of illegal votes in the AAFE. <laughs> rankings here <laughs> uh you can no also politics yeah. uh we're
0: all going to cry now yeah uh well <laughs> you can find... if you
3: want to join in our tiers you can follow us on twitter uh i am at brian the Denap. chris is at chris McShane. greg is at greg Karam, and steve is at underscore mr met you can uh go to facebook instagram twitter find amazing avenue at amazing avenue rate review and subscribe to the podcast in itunes stitcher or your podcatcher of choice and email the show at podcast at amazing avenue audio.com um, this is a fun night, guys. Let's go Mavis.